Dionisio at the plate. He's over two today. Swakowski, the big right hander, lets it go. It's right down Broadway. Dionisio lets it fly, and it's oh, it's raining now. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Rain Delay Theater, the podcast where two bums talk about other bums at baseball games. I'm Jack Swakowski. And I'm Jeremy Dionisio. And welcome to episode number 97, folks. Uh, today we're going to be talking, we're going to be going way back in the time machine and talking about some players from the 19th century, uh, something we've never really done on this podcast before, so that should be exciting. But uh, first of all, it is episode 97, so that means we need a 1997 debut. Uh, and for my 1997 MLB debut, I picked Steve Woodard. Jeremy, do you remember okay. Steve Woodard? Um, you know, I, I've seen the name, but I, have, I, I can safely say that I know nothing about Steve Woodward. Woodward. Yeah, okay. Well, uh, well, there you go, Jeremy. Uh, you know, Jeremy, you were a little worried before we started the podcast that we were going to pick the <laughs> same guy for this 97 MLB debut. And I said, no, I will bet you a million dollars you will not pick that same guy. Uh, and, and you didn't. Okay, so Steve Woodard... Uh, he was he made his MLB debut for the Brewers on July 28th of 1997, um, and it, it was kind of a noteworthy debut because uh, his um, uh, he pitched eight shutout innings, he struck out 12, and he walked only one and gave up just one hit against the Toronto Blue Jays. And as of this year, Jeremy, uh, he, he his game score for that game was 91. Uh, that's one of those, yeah, sabermetric, analytic, uh, Bill James type of things, uh, you know, that, that you know, the, the statisticians come up with. Anyway, yeah. he had a game score of 91 that game, which is the highest by any uh, pitcher making a debut in American League history. So Steve Woodard, wow. yeah, Steve Woodard has a, uh, has a place there uh, in history. And so I remember when he made his debut, like people were, people were like really excited about him. Uh, and so, yeah, that, that just kind of sums up being a Brewers fan in the nineties, like, you know, getting, <laughs> getting excited about a guy like Steve Woodard. Um, I, I remember that he, uh, uh, we, I went to a game with a friend, uh, shortly after he had made that debut, the Brewers were actually were on like a little bit of a winning streak at that point. Uh, but he, you know, he just couldn't, couldn't maintain that at all. Uh, that, that first start, he never had an ERA under four. In his career, he pitched from 1997 to 2003. He pitched for the Brewers, Indians, Rangers, and Red Sox. Finished with a career ERA of 4.94. And after that first start, Jeremy, that great first start he made in 97, he must have gotten shelled after that because in 36 and two-thirds innings, he ended up with a 5.15 ERA that year. Uh, so just not, not very good. But yeah, Steve Woodard, I'll never forget that those first couple weeks with him uh, until the honeymoon ended. Yeah, um, <clears throat> yeah. I'm looking at his uh, game log. Uh, he came back um, with his next start uh, and tossed two solid innings of seven hits and six earned runs. <laughs> so, was that was that in uh, was that in Milwaukee? That was in Milwaukee against the Mariners. I may have been at that game, so that, that might have been the game? game. That might have been the game I was at, although I, I'm not sure. Um, cause I, you know, I know, I know I saw a start early in his career. Uh, well actually let's, let's, uh, let's explore this a little bit here. Um, so I, yeah, I want to find his, uh, his game logs here. How do I you, got, I got it right here. Um, if you, you know, it's okay. like, um, one of the tabs over, like when you're, sure. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I see. There see we go. It? Um, so, yeah. so, you know, tell me Jeremy here, had the Brewers, are, are you able to see if the Brewers had been on a little bit of a winning streak at that point? 
Um, um, yeah, sure. Let me see. So that was August second. Yeah. So I can. This uh, is yeah. This is completely off the top of my head here. Um, but I remember the Brewers had rattled off a couple of wins um, at that uh, at that point. They were having a, a not a very great year, but they they had gone on a little bit of a winning streak, wow. and people were a little bit hopeful. Um, yeah, Jack. You yeah, absolutely. They um, had won. Let's see, one, two, three, four, five, six, was it seven? seven, eight, nine. They had won nine in a row leading into August second of twenty. Oh wow! So they were on, they were on a winning streak when this game. Uh, when this game was happening. Yeah, and then. they climbed from third place to second place by that time. Yeah, so people were people were getting a little bit excited. I remember there was a little bit of a buzz around the Brewers at that at that point. And God, I was I was really young too, so I cannot believe that I uh that I remember that. Um but yep. that yeah, so that okay, so that's cool. Um and then I remember they lost that game and they they had actually a pretty big crowd for that one too. I'm gonna look at the box score right now. I remember we were sitting in the upper deck for that game, yeah, there there were forty three thousand people at that game. It was a yeah, so I remember there was a huge, it was a huge crowd. Um, and wow, Ken Griffey Jr. played in that game too. Um, let's see, uh, oh god, Rusty, oh Griffey hit a home run in that game. Paul Sorrento hit one. Rob Ducey, Edgar Martinez, Russ Davis. Oh, that's crazy. So Ken Griffey Jr. hit a home run. I saw him, I saw him hit one, Jeremy. I couldn't, I, I would never have remembered that for the life of me. But uh, yeah, he, you know, he must have hit one. <laughs> Uh, so that yeah, that's that's pretty uh, that's pretty damn cool. He hit it off of Steve Steve Woodard. Um, well, Jack, at least you remembered seeing Steve Woodard. You just don't remember the Ken Griffey Jr. homer. <laughs> yeah, I just I just don't remember seeing one of the greatest players of all time hit a home run. <laughs> but I did I do remember seeing Steve Woodard. So there you go. Yeah. Um, God, so that that's cool. Wow, that is a blast from the past. Uh, I went to that game with a guy named Dan Zilski. Um, who was a, a who's a good guy? Uh, I, I've lost touch with him, but uh, yeah, I went to that game with uh, him, his mom, and his, his brother Brian. Uh, so yeah, yeah, good good times there. It's one of those uh, one of those things you just remember that sticks with you. You know what I mean? Yeah, that that's pretty awesome. I gotta say, it's it's always awesome when you have like a baseball memory and then you look it up and you're like, you know, memory confirmed. You know, right. Like, yeah. Right, and uh, you know, Jeremy, without the wonderful site that is uh, Baseball Reference, we wouldn't. Uh, you know, it'd, it'd be much harder to to do that. So, thank you, Baseball Reference, for confirming for confirming something that I hadn't thought about in you know over twenty years. <laughs> that is awesome. Um, yeah, a couple. Um, yeah, I keep man, Steve Water. That is that is pretty. That's just a pretty cool like name to pick, and even the, his name himself like is 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 making me mad because it's like I want to say Steve Woodward like Chris <laughs> Woodward but it's Steve Woodard like in yeah the, you know and it's like um but uh he looks kind of goofy in his picture like he looks like kind of like a, a math or a history teacher a little bit like um that is crazy that he never had an ERA under four like um except for yeah I mean yeah so like he never finishes a season like I was like I'm like I guess after <laughs> if if he never had one at any point in the season, at least he did like, you know, after his debut and then it was just all downhill from there. Um, (laughs) But, uh, but yeah, that is pretty wild. Um, And uh, yeah, I don't know. Uh, Pretty cool stuff. Well, there you go. Steve, Steve Woodard. Who's your guy, Jeremy? Um, So my guy, Jack, I thought there was a possibility that you could have picked this guy, but um, uh, my guy is Glendon Rush. Oh, my God, Jeremy. I was going to pick Glendon Rush. There you go. Not even – I'm not even joking because I – so I'm not shitting you. I was looking at Glendon Rush 
before this. So I, I think like, you know, he, he pitched like 2002 and 2003 with the Brewers. Then he went to the Cubs for like three seasons. But what I was going to talk about Glendon Rush was I was like, oh, I always remember that Glendon Rush was like maybe a good hitter. But then I looked at it and I was like, I don't remember why I thought that. Because he had, he had like three home runs in his career. But uh, oh man, dude, Glendon Rush. Because I was going to say to you, Jeremy, if I had picked Glendon Rush, that there were, uh, there's so many like bums that were on like both the Brewers and the Cubs during like the mid 2000s. Uh, there's like a yeah. lot of, a lot of hybrids there. All right. So go on. I'm sorry. You just, <laughs> yeah, I very nearly picked that guy. Yeah, no, that's awesome. Um, I'm actually trying to pull up his Jack while I'm talking, if you could pull up his, um, I don't know if you can pull up his batting game log, but if you can find his like bad or, or actually I wonder if it, you can find his Homer log. Cause I want to see, I always get this confused, this memory confused in my head. Um, there was a game. I actually think what it was is like, I saw Glendon Rush pitch against okay so um I think it might have been 2004 mm-hmm. um cuz he hit two homers in 2004 um he pitched against Bronson Arroyo uh when he was on the Reds and um they pitched against each other like I want to say in Cincinnati and I think maybe each one of them hit a homer off of the other guy and then it was like 5 days later and they met, matched up again the next turn through the rotation in Chicago and I saw that game and Bronson Arroyo hit a homer off of Glendon Rush um if I remember that correctly, but sometimes in my mind, I think that I saw Glennon Rush hit a homer, but I, I can't, <laughs> so, I can't remember. So really what, what you're saying is that like um, Bronson Arroyo hit two home runs off Glennon Rush in the same season? In consecutive starts, yes. <laughs> um, but Glennon Rush did get one off of Arroyo, whether it was at the game before me or the game after, I can't remember. Um, but uh, I just remember, I'm pretty sure it was the game before and like, and I, in my mind, they did it at my game, but it was actually like Arroyo got the better of him uh, in that second game. But, but yeah, yeah um, I don't know if you, yeah. L- let me know if you see if you see that at all. Yeah, um, uh, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm looking, Jeremy. But I was gonna okay. also say uh, uh, here we go. Okay, I was gonna also say that yeah, that sounds like it could possibly be a little bit of collusion between uh you know between Glendon Rush and Bronson O'Reilly. They're like, hey man, I'll I'll serve one up for you if you serve one up for me. I mean, and then yeah, uh, totally. maybe Bronson Arroyo just took it too far with that second home run. Yeah, um, you know, so he did hit a homer off of um in uh, off of the Reds in uh, at Wrigley. Let me just look up that game really quick. Sure. Um, while we're like kind of throwing out the yeah like, yeah the um, games we were at yeah and well Glendon Rush I rem- he was I remember him for being on the Brewers for a couple of years he was on the Brewers team in 2002 that lost 106 games and he was in the he was in the starting rotation he started 34 <laughs> games that year <laughs> he yeah. lost 16 games him and Ben Sheets both lost 16 they they tied for the league lead in losses which is you know probably bound to happen when you uh, when you lose 106 games. Um, I remember him being on the Mets, too, for a while. Uh, I, I'm surprised mm-hmm. he pitched up until 2009. I had no idea he was hanging around for that long. Yeah. Um, yeah, he was Yeah, he was around for a while. So I, one of the reasons why I like Glendon Rush is because he was, like, a, uh, he was like a, a weird guy. He was, like, a goofy guy. And um, uh, so I think at some point in my, in my life when I was starting to uh, embrace, like, funny baseball guys – like Glendon Rush was one of the first ones that I embraced uh, for that reason, um, so so yeah, that yeah. he kind of always stood out to me for that reason. Yeah, well, he is a, he is a left-hander, you know, so he seems to have sure. like the the uh, mentality of that. I, I'll also say just by looking at his headshot, like 
you know, he looks like a he looks like a guy who would pitch on like the the Brewers or the Cubs or yes. something like that. He just looks like a he just looks like a guy who would who would play who, in the Midwest or who would be who would be from the Midwest even though he's from Washington State. Yeah. Yeah, totally. That makes sense. Actually, speaking of Washington State, that's one thing I'll, I'll mention this now while while um why while that's kind of on topic. I was I was looking at his baseball reference and he he went to Shorecrest High School in Shoreline, Washington. And the reason why that jumped out at me is because in like 1996 um when Weezer put out their Pinkerton album, they like there was this like radio contest where some kid like won he they won this contest and Weezer played at his high school. Uh-huh. And it was at Shoreline High School. <laughs> it's just like I just remember that from like having like a bootleg of of the show. <laughs> you know, Glennon Rush was not there at the time. He was getting his, you know, he was uh, where was Glennon Rush at that in 1996? He was he was probably um about to, you know, uh he was probably in like Triple uh, A or something. Um but uh but yeah, so like his his uh, alma mater uh, in high school, Weezer was was playing the cafeteria there. Um, yeah, he <laughs> was he wasn't wasn't triple A, so he missed he missed Weezer by a, me, a mere three years. Um, yeah, there you which go. Is, that's that's too bad, and that's that's pretty damn obscure, Jeremy. So it's uh, <laughs> it's it's funny that you know that one. Yeah, for sure. So yeah, I don't know. I'm doing this research. Now. It was in 2006 where this like uh, or 2004 where this home. Well, shit, I don't know. Uh, there's too many numbers to crunch on the spot, but I found those games where like I, you can look up there. There's, I gotta say, you know, news alert, baseball reference is an awesome website, but, um, you can look up like a pitcher's home run logs basically. Um, and, and it'll list like all the, like all the home runs that they gave up and like what batter it was and the circumstances and everything. It's, it's just there, you know, when you go deep on baseball reference, it, it's pretty awesome. Yeah, um, very easy to get lost in a rabbit hole for sure. Actually, Jeremy, one of my favorite things to do lately is just uh, you know looking up like National League pitchers, but then mm-hmm. just looking to see what they did for batting wise for their career, like see if mm-hmm. they hit any home runs and stuff like that. It's uh, I don't know. It's a it's a, it's a good way of a uh, good way of passing the time. Totally. Um, totally. Uh, well, here, Jack, since, while I have this pulled up, I'll just say it. So it was in 2006, what I'm talking okay. about with Arroyo. Maybe Glenn and Rush didn't even hit a homer, so I, I could be completely wrong on that. But um, I was at this game, April 11th, 2006, uh, Cubs and Reds. Uh, so to uh, to join your list, Jack, I saw Ken Griffey Jr. hit a home run off of Glenn and Rush in that game. Oh, wow. Um, and that was in the top of the first. Top of the second, Adam Dunn took him deep. Top of the third, Bronson Arroyo took him deep. And top of the fourth, Adam Dunn took him deep again. So, Jesus. Um, so he, yeah, I saw him get his, bane, his brains bashed in there. <laughs> some, some red sluggers and Bronson Arroyo. So there you go. Wow. Um, but, but, yeah, so he jumps out to me like as being a goofy guy, being a quirky lefty. Jack, I also he was also my first Scherzi. Um, really? So I, I had <clears> – <throat> um, before like the jerseys really blew up and you could get one with like the real like looking numbers on the back yeah um, mlb.com like shop had um you could get a custom jersey and they would put a number on the back and like a name and so i got rush uh 33 or whatever his number was and but it was in these crappy like like white iron on letters and numbers and like it just it it didn't look anything close to real um but uh i got that <laughs> i wore that i actually still have it but there's no way it fits me anymore but but yeah so that that was i had a glendon rush jersey just for irony's sake 
I was going to say that would be cool if you you wore that one, Jeremy. You you probably get some comments on it. Uh, I, yeah, you know, yeah, that, for sure. They would think that I made it myself with the way it looks. It really was cra- <laughs> these crappy letters. It's funny that MLB like shop sold something that that shitty, but um, <laughs> but yeah. So that's my guy, Glenn and Rush. Uh, Jack, I have an honorable mention guy. Just I, this has got some guy just we don't like talk about. And I was like, I didn't even know like really how to like center the conversation around. But um, do you remember Jose Guillen, Jack? Uh, yeah, a, li- a little bit, a little bit, Jeremy. Um, was he a was he like a first baseman? Um, trying I to see here. Was like an outfielder, but like okay. yeah. Uh, Right fielder. Okay, sure. Um, I'm yeah, trying to. I'm trying, trying to think where I would remember him. Uh, yeah. Okay. I, no. I, I. I remember. I feel like uh, it's such a. He's got such a common name that I think I'm. I'm mixing him up with other with other players. Uh, yeah. You know. Um, he, he but had a yeah. Moment, he had a moment as like a slugger. I would say for a, for a stretch there. Like he hit 31 homers in 03. He hit uh, 27 in 04. Um, and so in 03, like, he split time between the Reds and the uh, the A's, hit 31 homers, batted 311. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, pretty pretty decent. Then, like, the next year he hit 294 with 27 homers, uh, 283 with 24 homers in 05. But there's no, like, I can't even really, rem- like, picture him on a team because he played on, like, He's another one of these guys who played, like, the longest he played, he played for 14 years, but the longest stint he ever had on a team was three years. So he played with the Ray, the, the Royals, the, the Rays, uh, or the Devil Rays, the Pirates, the Reds, the Nats, the D-backs, the Giants, the, or, the Oakland A's, the Angels, and Seattle for a year. So Yeah, you know, and it's, it's funny, Jeremy, because he, he actually, yeah, he did put up some pretty good numbers. I mean, you, you're talking 2004, he, you know, 27 homers, 104 RBIs, and he had 294. Um, you mentioned that year he had 31 homers, he had 311. And then even in 2007 for Seattle, he almost drove in 100 runs again. He had 23 homers, yeah. 99 RBIs, and a 290 average. Um, so, he yeah, he was, he was no joke. Team each year. Yeah, he, he, every one of those years he was on a different team, which is crazy. Yeah, and and you you have to wonder like why teams didn't want to keep him around. Uh, he made fifty three million dollars during his playing career. It looks like so he did uh, he did okay for himself. But uh, but yeah, um, I mean he was just a guy. He was kind of a journeyman, uh, bounced around a lot, and maybe that's why he never really got the recognition that he did because he was never able to just kind of stay in one place for a long time. But uh, yeah, I mean for for a guy who's basically all but forgotten. His numbers are pretty good, over 200 home runs in his career. Yeah, it's just weird. Like I'm like I think I kind of remember his year with the with the Mariners. Like I kind of remember him as a National a little bit. Um, he started with the Pirates, and like it's like I mean even in his rookie year, like yeah, he hit 14 homers with a 267 ERA and I mean a uh, batting average in uh, 143 games. So like yeah, I finished seventh in rookie of the year voting. So yeah, I mean he was a guy uh, who was around, but just like. Um, yeah, just yeah, he's not a guy that you know you can name. He was on okay, so he was on the uh oh man, he was on the twenty ten <laughs> Giants, so Yeah, I was going to say he probably got a World Series ring. Yeah, yeah, regardless of if he started or ended with the Giants there. I I I, I can't tell without doing any deeper research, but uh but yeah, um so yeah, anyway, so Jose Guillen was another name that jumped out to me on that list. Um so I just wanted to throw him out there as a kind of an honorable mention. Well, that's a yeah. That's a good one, Jeremy. Um, I uh, 
I wonder if he's on cameo. I, uh, I'll, I'll say this, Jeremy. You know what's, um, you know what's pretty addicting is to just like go on cameo. Um, uh-huh. So for those of you who don't know what cameo is, for our listeners, uh, there may be some. It's you can basically pay a celebrity to, to like, uh, to make to tape a custom two minute or whatever message for you. Happy birthday wishes, get well wishes, whatever. <laughs> We did talk about this a couple episodes ago, right? Okay, we did. Okay, yeah, but it's I will say it's just it's addicting as hell to just like go through those uh go to I could spend a half hour 45 minutes just watching like the the cameo like preview tapes that guys yes. do. You ever done that, Jeremy? I I did. I did. Like um it's been several months at this point or maybe like last year or something, but like yeah, absolutely. Um we talked about like the John Lieber one. Um, so did you see John Lieber in your searches? So I, I did. I searched for John Lieber. His are not great. They're like 30 seconds long, but like, you know, I guess you're only paying like 25 bucks for him. Matt Garza's on there. Did you know that Matt Garza's on Cameo? No. Oh God, man. His, His are all shitty. And they're like, you know, he looks like he's stoned in all of them. And like, uh, they're all like 30 seconds long. Uh, they're, you know, they're terrible. Uh, Ferguson Jenkins is on there. So yeah, if you want to, if you want one from Fergie Jenkins, you can get one. There's a bunch of good ones on there, man. Kevin Nash, the wrestler Kevin Nash is on there and his are all like, his are all like five minutes long. Like he actually takes it seriously. Um, yeah, they're, they're good. Like you can tell the guys who like take it seriously versus the ones who just don't really give a shit at all. Uh, yeah, it's terrific, Jeremy. But they're starting to get some, you know, some some good players on there, or at least some players who you think are funny. Well, listeners, if you ever hear uh, a former baseball player endorsing Rain Delay Theater, like you know, this is uh, Matt Garza, and you're listening to Rain Delay Theater uh, with Jack and Jeremy. Um, we didn't pay him to do that; they did that uh, totally voluntarily, and we didn't just pull together forty bucks and pay someone to say it for us. <laughs> um, right, but yeah. Um, all right, cool. Well, um, so yeah, Jack, we are, you know, you were saying it before the, um, the, uh, podcast before we started recording, but like we are in a a fucking dead, um, time of, of sport of baseball right now. Um, no one's talking about anything. There was a little bit of, uh, not good news uh, today, but, uh, we, we could kind of touch on that real quickly, but, uh, yeah, nothing's really happening. Um, teams have kind of like set their 40-man rosters uh, ahead of the Rule 5 draft, which is coming up in a couple weeks. Um, there was, like, a couple signs. So, like, the Braves are the only team that signed anybody. They signed Charlie Morton and Drew Smiley, I guess, both to one-year deals. Yeah, yeah. Drew Smiley got $11 million for his one-year deal, which is pretty surprising. I, I think he had a solid year with the Giants this year. But, man, I thought that guy was done. I thought he was finished. Well, yeah, I mean, the Cubs, he got some of the Cubs money there uh, along the way. And I, <laughs> I think he appeared in a couple games as a Cub. But, um, yeah, uh, I don't I don't I don't know. Um, he was on the Brewers briefly, too, I believe. I think it was oh, as recently God. as 20 as 2019, um, as you know, as one of the uh, David Stearns is like scrap heap uh, acquisitions. Um, let me see if that's okay. accurate. Uh well, uh, yeah, he didn't actually appear in any games with the Cubs. I guess that was just in spring training, maybe or something. Yeah, and he but, didn't uh, actually appear in any games with the Brewers too. I think they might have like I think they might have flipped him before they actually like got him got him into a game. Let me see here. Yeah, okay. So uh, July first, twenty nineteen, he was signed as a free agent by the Brewers. And July July eighteenth of twenty nineteen, he was released by the Brewers. So he spent eighteen days yeah. doing <laughs> doing something. I don't know. Um, yeah, nice. and then that, he, yeah, the Cubs like the Cubs signed him, 
And then he was like injured, right? So they knew he was going to be injured yeah. for a year when they signed him or yeah. something like that. Yeah. And yeah, then they traded him to the Rangers for a player to be named later. And MLB uh, reference never even names the player. So they probably just – I've seen those situations before where they're just like, uh, just give us like 150 grand and we'll call it a day or something. <laughs> they're not – they're like, he's not even worth – like relocating like why ruin some guy's life <laughs> relocating <laughs> from from like you know uh round rock to uh to fucking uh uh tennessee or something murphy's bro tennessee or something just just because drew smiley sucks you know <laughs> it's like just yeah just let's 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 make the, try to make this as clean as possible um but yeah, Charlie Morton. They were talking about him maybe retiring. Um, I'm kind of sad to see him leave the the Rays, but uh, um, I guess it's one of those things. He's going back to like the Braves, which I think he either started with the Braves or the Pirates. I can't remember. I think the Braves, right? He did start with the Braves. Yeah, he pitched yeah. one season for them before going over to the Pirates. Uh, so yeah, I guess it's a nice um, a nice little uh, bookend there to his career. He'll be 37. So who knows? I mean, he, he, the last few years of his career have been the best of his career. So maybe yeah. he'll maybe he'll end up sticking around for a couple more years. We'll be talking about him like Mark Burley uh, last week uh, about how he could have stuck around a little bit longer. But um, but yeah, so that happened. Uh, there were a couple of DFAs. The Rays. Speaking of the Rays, they DFA'd uh, Hunter Renfro. Um, who I, I like, but... Uh, yeah, and I, I read that, like, maybe the Cubs were... People are saying, like, the Cubs should pick up Hunter Renfro. Um, yeah. I don't know how you feel about that, Jeremy. I, I would be all in favor of it. I mean, at some... I, you know, by by May, by, like, mid-May, I'll be, like, calling for his head on a platter, probably, because he'll probably <laughs> strike out, you know, with, like, runners at second and third or something. Or, um, but uh, but I like him. I, like, I, I had high hopes for him in uh, San Diego, and... He never really, really materialized. Um, but uh, I mean, she, you know, if the Cubs are going to be, or if the Cubs are clearing house and they're going to trade Bryant and non-tender Schwarber and uh, trade Baez, it's like, all right, then go ahead, bring in Hunter Renfro. Let's let's give it a shot. Let's see what happens. But we shall see. Also, um, the the Orioles released uh, Renato Nunez, who I also I also kind of like. Um, but uh, seems like he has a lot of power, but doesn't hit for a lot of average. It's like. All right, go ahead, rebuild, and bring in Hunter Renfro and Renato Nunez, and I'll I'll kick back and I'll enjoy uh, the twenty twenty one, you know, car fire that is uh, the, the Cubs. You know? <laughs> I uh, I wonder if these players are getting non tendered. Um, you know, if if the pandemic has something to do with it. Uh, maybe, yeah. I, I don't know. Um, I don't I don't know the financials for either of these guys, but. Um, yeah, it doesn't really make Ronaldo Nunez is twenty six years old. Like, um, I don't. Are the Orioles in a position to be like, yeah, we don't need you. Like, just get out of here. Like, yeah, it, I think the guy hit over thirty home runs in twenty nineteen, didn't he? Yeah, he did. Two forty four average, which is not great, but um, I mean, there's there's worse in the major leagues, that's for sure. This past year, in fifty two games, he hit uh, twelve homers and uh, hit two fifty six. I don't know, like the the. That's not good enough for the Orioles. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently not. I mean, yeah, you, you you multiply that by three, and you know the yeah. guy uh, the guy hits thirty homers again. So yeah. whoever ends up picking him up is, I mean, I, I don't think he's a particularly good defensive player either. But whoever yeah. whoever gets him, uh, yeah, is probably going to get a guy who's going to get over thirty home runs. Is it a done deal that the Cubs are going to non tender Schwarber? No, no, but um, you know, I'm just I'm going doomsday scenario here. Why not, Jack? It's been a long time since 2016. I'm 
I'm back to doomsday <laughs> scenario Cubs fan fandom. So, um, <laughs> so yeah. Um, I guess speaking of doomsday scenarios, uh, uh, playoff hero uh, Randy Rosarena has run into a little bit of trouble. This news is just broken hours before our recording here. Yeah, um, so it seems like a, he got into a domestic violence uh, incident, or I, I guess that it, it was a domestic dispute. Yeah. Uh, it looks like he was uh, trying to get his daughter away from the woman who was uh, who was raising raising her. Yeah, like his. I don't know. I think they said ex-wife or so, or something like. Uh huh. I'm not sure, and he got into a scuffle with the father-in-law. I guess I it doesn't look good. Um, there's like video of like post altercation. Did you see any of that video, Jack? No, I did not. I did not see the video. No. Yeah, it's like he doesn't like hit anybody in the video or anything, which is probably good. But like, um, it is just it's just weird. It's just like it's just weird to think about. It. Like if you watch that video, it it just reminds you like about how baseball players are are people. You know, mm-hmm. which I don't know if that's a good thing. I don't know if like we, I don't know if it's good. Certainly for us, it's not good because the more we humanize them, the harder it is to to call them like bums and 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 worse. Um, <laughs> So, uh, so that's not good for our business, but you know, it's like, he's just like any other, like, like person out there, like having a fight with his ex, like in the middle of the street, like what's causing a scene. It's like, you know, <laughs> it could happen to any of us. Uh, yet it happened to the guy who was like setting, you know, baseball playoff records, just like what, like, uh, just like four weeks ago or something like less than that, like three, four yeah. weeks ago. Like, so it's like, Yeah. He, he he's he's on top of the world. He's an ALCS MVP. His team, you know, falls short in the World Series, and now he's like holding his baby, like having like a a screaming match in in the streets of Mexico, like being put on tape and getting arrested. So it's like, there you go. That's that's human. That's 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 life, man. That's that's human life. <laughs> yeah, as, as Frank Sinatra said, right? Uh, that's life. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> there that's, you go. That's that's what he was. That's you know. For this very situation, that's what he was talking about. Right. Uh, well, well, we will have to wait till more, um, you know, till more details come out come out on this one. But uh, yeah, let's let's hope he's, uh, you know, I I I'm excited by Randy Rosarena. He seems like he's he's an exciting player. It'll be yeah. interesting to see if he can keep up the playoff success next year. So let's just hope that uh, you know this was, you know. I don't know. I don't know what to say about it, but hey, it's, let's, it's let's hard hope. to say. I mean, if, yeah. if, if if in his mind he was doing the right thing, then like, then there's a thing there. But uh, what the hell do we know, Jack? <laughs> right, <laughs> right, right. Just move on. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, yeah, Jeremy. So we've got the uh, we've got these 19th century players. We've really never talked about 19th century baseball before. Yeah. Uh, so let's uh, yeah let's get into it. Um, who's your guy? Um, all right, Jack. Well, yeah, so, like, I think just before I even get to that, like, I was, you know, one of the reasons why, like, this this topic jumped out to me is, like, I was looking at some list of, like, the top, like, um, batting averages, like, in history, you know, like, baseball, and I'm like, you know, when you whenever you look at these, like, lists sometimes, like, um, there are names on there just, like, who the hell is this guy, you know? Like, I remember the first one that jumped out to mind was when, like, Ichiro broke, like, a record, um... I forgot what even the record was, but he broke George Sisler's record. Um, let me see if I can find that. Um, like single season hit record, maybe or something. Sure. Like that? Yeah. Or all times hit something like that, and it's like, 
I'm like, who the hell is George Sisler? Like, you know, this is a guy I've never heard of before. And like, um, obviously baseball existed like even pre 19, 19, 1900. So like there's many years and like, you know, you hear of Ty Cobb and, and guys like that, uh, Walter Johnson and stuff, but like there's guys even deeper than that who you just have never heard about. And so I'm like, let's, you know, let's pick a couple of these guys and, uh, you know, Hey, this is not rain delay history class class is not in session. Um, you know, this is just for fun. Uh, so, um, so, so yeah, not to say that the history classes aren't fun. You should listen to them. They're, they're very informative. Um, but, uh, anyway, so long preamble, uh, well, aside, Oh yeah, go y- ahead. you know, Jeremy, I, I was, I was going to say, too, before we get into this, so when, when you had proposed this idea, you know, you mentioned that you had looked at the guys with the top batting averages of all time and had not, you know, and hadn't heard of a lot of them. So just as I was kind of going down that list, I, I noticed um, that the only two players who were on that list um, who, in the top 30, who were on it, uh, who played after baseball was integrated in 1947, so after Jackie Robinson made his debut, mm-hmm. uh, Tony Gwynn and Stan Musial. Stan Musial is number 30. Gwynn is a little bit higher than that. Um, but, uh, you know, so I think that, like, with, with some of these things, obviously, with the numbers, you know, you have to take them with a bit of a grain of salt because yeah. all players were not playing against each other during those times. Um, but, yeah, I, I also thought that was just kind of uh, really, really shows you how good Tony Gwynn was. Yeah. Um, I think his career average was like 338, something like that. I'll have to look it up again real quick. But my God, he was really good. And even even Musial, I mean, he well, he played. Uh, he, he made his debut in 1941. Most of his he, most of his good years were in the 50s. So he, the game had been, you know, uh, somewhat integrated by then. But yeah, Tony Gwynn was, uh, you know, playing against the best competition in the world his whole career um, from the yeah. time he debuted. And, yeah, he had an outstanding career. He's, he's becoming, as, you know, as I've learned more about the game, um, yeah, he's, Tony Gwynn is becoming one of my favorite players. And, uh, you know, that just kind of cements it. Yeah, that 338 career average, which isn't too far yeah. off of some of these guys that we're going to be talking about in this episode. Um, yeah. So uh, with, that being, with all that being said, uh, yeah. who, who's, your, who's your guy? <clears throat> Um, well, <laughs> can I sidetrack one more time to just talk yeah, about Tony Gwynn yeah, a little yeah. bit? Yeah. I mean, like, yeah, I mean, obviously, man, I don't know if there's any bigger bummer of a guy who's, like, not around anymore than Tony Gwynn. Like, um, gone way, way, way too, too, like, far before his time. And, uh, um, yeah, I just actually, Jack, uh, I, p- I just picked up a Tony Gwynn autograph baseball uh-huh. card. And um, I was, like... I had been searching one for years and I'm like, I finally got one and it's a nice one. It's in nice condition. Um, and, uh, it's, uh, yeah, it's like the, one of the prize, uh, pieces of my collection just because I, I have such admiration for the guy. Um, but, uh, that is actually why that's where this came up. I was looking at Tony Gwynn's numbers and I saw these other guys in like the hit leaders and I'm like, who the hell are these guys? So my oh, guy, nice. one of the guys who, who made me say who the hell is it is my guy this week. And that is, Dan Bruthers, Jack. It's not brothers, it's Bruthers. Dan Bruthers. Okay. Uh, yeah, yeah tied, for, tied for seventh uh, all time. Uh, no, no, actually he's ninth all time in career Nine. batting average. Okay, there, there we go. Um, yeah. yeah, Dan Bruthers. So t- tell me about him. Yeah, Jack. I mean, so he was a lefty. Um, so th- there you go. Um, but, um, yeah, I mean, it's, a, I, it's hard to put, you know, it's kind of hard to put all this stuff into perspective, but... Um, I have some like you know fun facts about Dan Bruthers. Um, so he um, 
Yeah, he was born in 1858. Uh, he died in 1932. Um, I guess the, his first team, um, his first year was, uh, let me go to baseball reference for this, um, was 1879 with uh, the Troy Trojans, um, you know, which they were a team of the National League. This is where, like, this is, you know, we're already, like, we've already jumped into, like, the the 20-foot end of the deep uh, of the pool. <laughs> because, like, it's like, the, the who, the Troy what? Um, you know, uh, so that was a team in the National League, I guess. Um, uh-huh. You know, I'm not super, like, like – I don't go this deep on, on baseball history, but um, he played with a lot of teams. He was the Jose Guillen of his time, if you will, um, in <laughs> terms of teams. Uh, but, like, if you look at his list of teams, like, he played on the Baltimore Orioles on eight, from 1894 to 1895. Um, he, he, um, he stopped playing in 1896, and then he came back for one year uh, in 1904, and I think they said he was, like, 40-something years old at that point. Mm-hmm. Um but uh but yeah he was um okay so he uh he was 6 foot 2 207 pounds which um you know they make a point of saying that like that was pretty big for for those those days um sure just like sounds kind of just like a big like solid ox kind of guy um and uh his nickname was Big Dan which is kind of funny his 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 legal name is Dennis Joseph Bruthers so i, I don't know where they get dan from necessarily <laughs> um and then he had a nickname beyond that so his name was nickname was Big Dan but his name is not even Dan so um i don't know that's just how they did it back in the late uh 18 uh, 1800s i guess um but they consider him like the first great slugger of of baseball um uh, Jack, uh, well, okay, so, yeah, as far as his final, like, his career numbers, like, yeah, Jack, he finished with a three forty two batting average, which was ninth all-time uh, mm-hmm. currently. Um, he finished 14th uh, in on-base percentage um, with four twenty three, and he's 24th all-time with a nine forty four OPS. Mm. Um, so, so pretty major stuff there. Um uh let's see what are my other notes here um jack he killed a man on the on the baseball diamond jesus how um let's see where i can find it on this is uh, on wikipedia um where is that um he basically was like um uh like he was 19 years old at the time and he was here it is um Uh, On July 7th, 1877, while running the bases, he collided at home plate with a catcher named Johnny Quigley of the Clippers of Harlem. Quigley was knocked unconscious, having suffered a traumatic head injury, and later died from these injuries on August 12th. Jesus uh, Christ. The 19-year-old Bruthers was cleared of any wrongdoing by the authorities, uh, according to Wikipedia. Pete Pete Rose would have been jealous of that one, man. I was going to say, it's like, yeah, you know, (laughs) eat your heart out, Pete Rose, like... This man, this guy killed a man, you know. <laughs> um, so uh, I don't know if uh, I don't know if that makes him a hard baseball player or a murderer. Um, but uh, <laughs> but uh, I mean, talk about so for some reason, like thinking of this in nineteen in eighteen seventy seven, it's almost kind of like, yeah, you know, it's like the same way if a guy gets a career ending in, or a season ending injury, it's like, ah man, that's rough, you know, like he died. <laughs> But it's like, yeah, that's what happens. It's 1877, man. He probably wasn't going to live that long anyway. You know, he probably would have got uh, tuberculosis and died or something. So, 
<laughs> better to go out on the on the diamond, I guess, playing the the game you love. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> um, yeah, man. I mean, it just goes to show you how much the the game has changed. You know, like yes. uh, Buster Posey breaks his leg, and like you know, people are up in arms, and they change the rule, and like you know, this guy this guy killed a guy, and he played yes. about seventeen more seasons in the league. <laughs> yeah, that know? was that was before he even got cooking. You know, <laughs> um, so uh, so yeah, so um. <laughs> Uh, I don't know. Um, so, so yeah, so just, um, he also was like, he, he started like an early version of the players union, um, which is interesting. Oh, wow. Um, uh, he like formed this like union, like the brother, the executive council of the brotherhood of professional baseball players. I guess, you know, brevity wasn't their thing back then. Um, <laughs> there was l- less things going on. They had more time to like say long titles i guess um but uh but yeah like he was in it with some other players and stuff and then like it became like recognized uh by the national league uh at some point um and it was kind of like a predecessor for that um and uh yeah so like he played um so he had 107 career homers which again is like major for like that for like the dead ball era essentially oh yeah um if you look at his baseball reference, like Jack, you said it a couple weeks ago, like he's got a lot of black ink um, mm-hmm. in his uh, in his totals. Uh, led the league in slugging a lot of years, OPS, uh, on base percentage, batting average. Uh, he hit a lot of triples too. He hit 17 triples in 1883. Uh, a lot of hits, a lot of runs. Um, big mustache. Uh, <laughs> he kind of had one of those like, you know. As you could imagine, uh, a mustache for back in the days, like with the little curly tips on the end, kind of like the Reds uh, mascot um, from a couple commercial from the commercials uh, episode a couple week a couple weeks ago. Um, he looks. I'm trying to like. I'm trying to picture like who he kind of looks like. It's it's hard to say. He he kind of looks like Steven Souza a little bit. Um, Steven Souza Jr. Like I'm trying to find someone else who he kind of looks like but he just kind of looks, uh, looks like a big guy you know yeah no me too jeremy i, I was gonna see he's got that like raleigh fingers type of uh mm-hmm. handlebar mustache that kind of you know obscures his whole face but he de- you know he definitely looks like a guy who uh you know played in the 1880s um yeah. i uh what a couple things i i noticed here he had some really bizarre seasons it looks like he was playing for the boston reds at that point, but he, um, mm-hmm. you know, in his 1890 season, he had two home runs, 102 RBIs, and a 335 average. So two home runs and 102 RBIs. Uh, yeah. I want to know what the I want to know what like the ballpark dimensions were like. <laughs> I was um, say yeah, you know, I, I feel like the ball just like rattled around for like like a good like you know three minutes or something. <laughs> like guys were just running around the bases and um, I don't know like. I mean, you know, 17 triples for a guy who was uh, 6'2", 205. It's like, man, that ball was probably, like, stuck, like, in a soup can, like, in right field. And, like, <laughs> the guy was trying to fish it out or something. And he's like, I'll just stop at third base, you know. Like, I'm in no hurry yeah. to get a home run. Yeah, well, I mean, Jesus, Jeremy, you mentioned 17 triples in 1883. But, like, the guy had the guy had three seasons of 20 or more triples. That's <laughs> – yeah. uh, you know, they say that the triple is uh, is dead now, but like, my God, he had two hundred and six triples for his career, which is uh, which is absurd. Um, uh, yeah, it's uh, uh, yeah, interesting. I I know that like even even up until the fifties, uh, 
the the some of the ballpark dimensions were crazy. Like uh, the polo grounds. Uh, yeah, I was going to say the polo grounds. It was like four hundred and ninety feet to center field, um, or some, <laughs> yeah. something crazy like that. That's why uh, Willie Mays was able to make that uh, behind the back catch that he did, um, and you know many others. But yeah, so uh, so yeah, interesting, Jeremy. And home runs were looked down upon back then. You know, like Ty Cobb was like, you know, he thought home runs were stupid, which is kind of ridiculous. I, I don't know. <laughs> You know, just instinctively yeah. when you go on a baseball diamond, you're like, oh, it'd be cool if I could hit this ball over the fence. But, like, I guess I guess that it's an automatic run. There's nothing better than, than hitting a home run. But I guess, I guess like, players like Ty Cobb thought it was stupid. So who knows? Yeah. Maybe if homers had a better reputation, this Dan Bruthers guy would have hit more of them. Yeah, no, for sure. If he wasn't playing with a friggin', like, rock, you know? Like, I'm sure the ball was, like, <laughs> it was, like, trying to hit, like, a medicine ball or something. So, like... Um, yeah, he, the guy could have maybe hit like 500 homers in his career. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so, um, so yeah, I think that's interesting. They also said that he, um, like after his career, like he was a teammate with John McGraw, um, the like giants, you know, the famous like New York giants, uh, manager. Yeah. So John McGraw gave him like a job, like working at the, at the polo grounds, um, like working the press gate or something. I don't know if that Mm -hmm. actually means that he was part of the press or, he just like was a gate attendant, um, but he did that like uh, for years after, um, uh, you know, he retired. Um, so he was around the game. Um, sure. You know, after he yeah, was I done. was I was I was looking, Jeremy, uh, uh, trying to do like a six degrees of Dan Bruthers to like connect him to a you know a modern player. Uh, it was too much too much to do on the fly, but I bet that, you know, considering he was managed by John McGraw who managed for many, many years um, for the New York Giants, uh, you know, I'm, I'm sure that would be possible. But, that connects uh, him to Willie Mays, I suppose, right? And you can yeah. Him there. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm, sure, I'm sure you can. Um, so, uh, so, yeah, uh, Dan Bruther's uh, interesting, Jeremy. Well, he's, yeah, uh, yeah that's, a, that's a pretty good one. I like it. He's in the Hall of Fame. Uh, yeah, five-time bat- batting champ, uh, was on the 1887 World Series team, um, I guess. Was, there wasn't... They had the World Series in 1887. I thought that that started in like 19 or like 1899 or something, but uh, that's what it says. Maybe it was like a different type of World Series, I guess. But um, but yeah, um, should we do comps now or? Do we want yeah, to yeah, yeah. We'll do comps now. Who, who would you who would you compare Dan Van Bruthers to? Well, it's you know I feel like he like. It's so hard nowadays because of the home runs, the lack of home runs. But if you're looking at, like, his splits, like um, his batting average, OBP, and OPS, I mean, I got to go Joey Votto. I mean, it seems, like, almost too easy to say Joey Votto. Mm-hmm. But um, uh, stature-wise, Joey Votto is 6'2", 220, okay. um, and Bruthers is 6'2", 207. So he's actually even a little... I would have guessed that maybe Bruthers was maybe a little like heavier than Vano, but um, so you know from a stature standpoint they're pretty similar, and obviously Vado is like a big OBP guy, um, so um, that's that's the comp that I would make there. You know Vado is not a crazy home run crusher, but he's pretty good for homers, so I think that one jumps out at me pretty easily uh, if I have to do a comp. Yeah, I, I like that comp, Jeremy. I was also going to say he kind of reminds me a little bit of DJ LeMahieu from his numbers okay. a little bit. LeMahieu, you know, maybe not the biggest walk guy, but, like, uh, you know, it seems like he's always a guy who doesn't hit that many home runs, but he usually ends up with a lot of RBIs and uh, and a high average, too. Um, and, you know, playing in Colorado, that's like a, a heaven for guys who like to get extra base hits. 
Um, so it seems like Dan Bruthers could have been a successful Coors Field hitter. Although, I mean, who, you know, who isn't? But, um, <laughs> you know, his numbers, his numbers kind of like reek of that, of that type of ballpark with a lot of extra base hits, a lot of triples. Um, so, yeah, that was, that was one thing that came to mind. But, yeah, definitely Votto, um, as far as like just kind of what he looks like in the OPP, I think that's a good comp. Yeah, yeah, for sure. It's interesting. His like similarity scores on base- baseball reference are all kind of like players of his era. So I don't even. I've never really looked at, at similarity scores for these this era of guys. But maybe they don't even they don't even compare them. Like they keep them within the same era. I guess um, they don't even compare them to like guys of relatively modern baseball. So sure, so, yeah. um, which I feel like isn't always the case for baseball reference. You know, they'll compare maybe, guys. Yeah across across eras sometimes but not uh yeah i guess not these guys um uh interesting uh well jeremy you don't want uh shall we move on to mine yeah let's do it all right all right i got billy hamilton jeremy not not the uh not the current billy hamilton who finished his year with the cubs if i'm not mistaken yeah i think he i think he was still there at the end yeah if, okay okay they didn't notice uh, him, you know <laughs> well my guy is uh my guy also uh also liked to steal bases too he was he was Billy Hamilton before there was Billy Hamilton. Um, he is in the Hall of Fame as well. Uh, so this Billy Hamilton, he was also uh, of small stature. Um, he, he was 5'6 and 165 pounds. So, nice. you know, he was a similar, similar size to, uh, to, our, uh, to, you know, to our favorite Billy Hamilton, who still plays today. His nickname yeah. was uh, Sliding Billy. Uh, apparently he was one of the greatest sliders of all time. Yeah, eat, eat your heart out, Javi Baez. Um, uh, <laughs> yeah, right. Hey, oh they, man, Jack, is that why you picked this guy just to just to <laughs> knock Javi Baez? Damn it. Yeah, our, our over our over unders, man. I had the Javi Baez and Wilson Contreras one. Like ever since ever since that episode, I've I've knocked those guys like at, at least once every episode. Um, yeah, you bet you're averaging one per up. <laughs> um, so, uh, actually the sporting news said about him, they had this quote, they said, uh, his slide is wonderful and often he gets away from the fielder when the latter has the ball in hand waiting to touch him. Um, so, you know, you could imagine him just doing one of those slides like you see today, like a hobby bias slide where he's sliding and then like avoids the tag. Sounds like he, uh, he was kind of like the originator of that type of move. Um, yeah. uh, caught, caught stealing as you probably noticed um, when you were looking at this, was not kept track of for these mm-hmm. guys. So although although Billy Hamilton did steal a ton of bases, he stole, uh, you know, he had four seasons of over 100 steals. Uh, the, the caught stealing, and another season of 97 steals, the caught stealings were not kept track of. But he was a prolific base stealer in his era, although the uh, stolen bases were kept track of differently back then um mm-hmm. so it's hard it's hard to actually compare the two two totals uh, you know to, to that totals then the modern totals it's, it's tough to compare them because back then uh, in the 1890s and 80s when billy hamilton was playing uh like stolen bases including included advancing or taking up on fly balls and also taking extra bases on airs so uh yeah. so that's that's a little weird I'm sure Ryan Braun would have loved to have played during this time. He'd be he'd be tagging up all the time in like ten nothing games, trying to trying to get an extra steal. Um, I wonder when Lou Brock broke Billy Hamilton's stolen base record if he was like, "I am the greatest of all time," <laughs> and then Billy Hamilton was like, you know, like 
working some sort of like newsstand or something like in his old age and being like, ah, I was pretty good, you know? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, a lot, I, a lot. So when Lou Brock was breaking those records, I mean, a lot of people, I guess, considered Ty Cobb to have the record. Um, okay. but or, or they yeah. was Billy Hamilton was kind of forgotten about. Like, I think, yeah. um, I think when Lou Brock was pursuing that record, like people were mainly, mainly had Ty Cobb in mind. But, uh, but you know, they, then they also said, well, wait till, uh, you know, you got you to think about Billy Hamilton, too. So the, he kind of experienced a little bit of a renaissance when Lou Brock was, uh, you know, approaching, okay. those, uh, approaching those records. And, yeah, it looks like in his career, Ty Cobb had 897 steals. Billy Hamilton had, is credited on baseball reference with 914. Um, so, yeah, the, he, he actually did end up having 17 more steals than Ty Cobb, which is... Uh, which is interesting. He scored, Jeremy, um, in 1894. His 1894 season was historic. Uh, he scored 198 runs in that <laughs> season. That has never been uh, approached, even. I think Babe Ruth is second with 177 runs in a season. But, uh, yeah, nobody's even come seriously close to challenging that. And I, I, I don't think anybody ever will. Um, yeah. 198 runs, that's, uh, that's insane. Uh, that's I, well, I, Go I ahead. Those plate appearances there, too. Yeah, yeah, seven hundred and two plate appearances. So that's a that's a lot of plate appearances for one year. Uh, you don't you don't see that too much anymore. Um, and his OBP that year was five twenty one, which at the time was also a record. Uh, uh, you know, guy got on base over half the time he was up. He drew one hundred and twenty eight walks that season. Uh, it was it was ridiculous for his career. Billy Hamilton averaged one point oh six runs per game, which uh, again is a record. I don't think anybody has ever besides him, has ever averaged more than one run per game played. So that's, uh, he, he played in 1,594 games. He scored 1,697 runs. So, uh, yeah, this guy, he would get on base, and he would score a lot. Uh, he played in, a, uh, in an outfield for uh, Philadelphia, for the Philadelphia Philly, Phillies that included two other Hall of Famers, and Sa- Sa- uh, Sam Thompson and Ed Delahanty. So that was a, a very good outfield. He typically hit leadoff. Um, uh, yeah, let's see. He's an interesting guy here. Um, let's see what else. Oh, yeah, Jeremy, I, I, I came across one tidbit that was, uh, I thought was interesting. And it wasn't until 1893 that the pitcher's mound was moved uh, back to 60 feet 6 inches. Before that, it was like 50 feet 6 inches before 1893. Could you imagine having to face down and roll this Chapman fastball at, you know, at only 50 <laughs> feet away instead of 60 feet? Uh, yeah, that uh, that would be very troublesome. Yeah, so that's interesting. I mean, like, I I mean, yeah, I guess guys just did not throw that hard back then, any like anywhere near that hard back then. So this is true. Yeah, from fifty feet, it's, I you know I wonder what the math would be like there. Like you know, like a, I mean, assume that the guy, the fastest guys maybe threw in the eighties at that time. Like I, but who it could have even been lower than that. And like, I don't know. Maybe it seemed more like ninety, like when it was that close. Right, right, because I'm not sure at what point the ball actually starts to lose velocity. Um, you know, I don't know. I don't know all the science behind that. Yeah. Uh, but, um, yeah, or, or like even if guys were throwing like curveballs and stuff, like, you know, would the, right. that must have been different. The ball would break at a different point in the, whatever. But, yeah, so <laughs> the, you know, the mound, the, at one point it, it, the mound was only 50 feet away. So I thought that was, that was interesting. I, you know, I don't, that wasn't something that I knew. Um, his 344 career average is eighth highest all time. Uh, so, you know, he's, he's still up there today. Uh, his OB, career OBP of 455, 
surpassed only by Ted Williams, Babe Ruth, and uh, John McGraw, the aforementioned John McGraw. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, after his MLB playing career, Jeremy, he spent uh, uh, a few years as a player and manager in the independent leagues. Uh, and after that, he, uh, he became a production foreman at a local leather manufacturing plant. There you um, go. I wasn't too far off with the newspaper stand, I guess, huh? <laughs> no, no. Um, you know that's so odd, Jeremy. Like this guy was one of the uh, this guy was one of the uh, you know premier players in baseball for years, and he you know he ends his you know the latter years of his life working at a uh, you know as a foreman at a at a leather plant. You know, could you imagine like a Rod working at <laughs> like a a salsa bottling plant or something? Just yeah. You know, smelling the various bottles of salsa that he's like you know these can you imagine these guys working jobs like that i i certainly can't so hey, hey rod i know you were good for 50 plus homers in your career but we need to get these salsas out pronto we got the super bowl coming okay we're gonna be up to our ears in salsa get a moving <laughs> yeah okay, I, I i couldn't see it jeremy but yeah <laughs> billy hamilton he uh you know ended ended up working in a uh uh, a, a leather a leather manufacturing plant for the last few years of his life before he retired and then uh, I think he, he passed away in 1940 21 years before he was elected to the Hall of Fame um, yeah, uh, also he started his career with the Kansas City Cowboys um, and they sold his contract to the Phillies in 1890 for $5,000 uh, you know hey today you can you can try to have David Ortiz shot for that kind of money um <laughs> Uh, yeah, so the Kansas City Cowboys, I, uh, I did not know that that was ever a team. And he ended his career with the Boston Bean Eaters, yep. not the Boston Reds, uh, the Boston Bean Eaters, striking fear into the, the, hearts of, the hearts of his opponents, or the hearts of their opponents. Um, they actually, the Boston Bean, Bean Eaters, too, they have like, their, their logo looks like the Detroit Tigers logo, which is kind of interesting. Oh, yeah? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I- that is, I was just gonna say the the Boston the Boston Bean Eaters is is one like old timey team that I did man that I have managed to like hear of before. Um, just you know, in one of those lists of weird old baseball names or something. So <laughs> yeah, and I uh, I like I like their hat too. I wonder if you wore that around Boston, people would be like, oh hey, the Bean Eaters. Um, but I don't know. But yeah, that's Billy Hamilton, Jeremy. If I had a, a comp for Billy Hamilton, a modern day comp. I would actually say this isn't super. This isn't super modern because the guy's been retired for a long time. But uh, you know, I mean, Ricky Henderson is a guy yeah. that comes to mind. A guy that just that walked a ton and also uh, stole a lot of bases. Uh, Ricky Henderson probably had more power than than Billy Hamilton did. As far as modern day comps, Jeremy, I mean, you know, because because it seems like the two things that Billy Billy Hamilton did really well were he walked a lot and he stole a lot of bases. And I'm I'm kind of having trouble thinking about it because first of all guys don't really steal bases anymore but like just i'm having trouble thinking of anybody any guy who like even in the last 20 years who who walked a ton and also stole a ton of bases no i know i'm i'm like i'm like i the name like ronald acuna popped in my head for a second but he's certainly not like a on base kind of guy like really um so that would eliminate him um yeah, I really don't know, Jack. I, it's kind of it's kind of crazy. Like Whit Merrifield, I have freaking no yeah. idea. Like maybe Alex um, Alex Breg Alex Bregman. 
Um, of sure. course, he's not. He you know he's not a big steals guy though. Uh, he you know he walks a lot. He walked 119 times in uh, in 2019. But uh, but yeah, I, it, you know there's there's really stolen bases are a lost art now. Um, uh, and you know so there's just not a lot of guys who both walk and steal bases. Uh, it doesn't seem like there's a lot of leadoff hitters who really draw a lot of walks either. It seems like those guys you know tend to be pretty free swingers. Um, so yeah, Billy Hamilton, kind of a, a the the first of a of a what is now a dying breed or a dead breed. Uh, but yeah, I'd say Ricky Henderson would yeah. be a good comp comp for him. God, Jack, I think I might be right. I think Whit Merrifield might be like the mo- the like closest guy to to this guy in the modern day era. I mean, Acuna Acuna's um on base percentage isn't that bad, but mm-hmm. um, he also has like a lot more power than than this Billy. Hamilton guy had so good god man it might be Whit Merrifield <laughs> you know yeah Whit Merrifield uh the guy's like a metronome you know like he's a he's a, a really good player but he's just he's doing it in complete anonymity on terrible mm-hmm. Royals teams I mean he played in all 60 games this year hit 282 which I mean you got to kind of throw all the statistics from this season out um but yeah I mean he stole 12 bases he hit nine homers he he got seventy hits and uh, you know he led the he led the major leagues in in batting average or not in batting average but in at bats. So the guy just yeah. the guy the guy plays every freaking game. He just goes out there and does it. Um, you know yeah I think I think Whit Merrifield is one of the you know one of the unsung players in the league right now. Yeah for sure. Um, yeah it's uh it's it's funny to see that sixty with like the black bold next to it like. <laughs> Um, but, uh, but it, it, that's what it is. Um, so yeah, I will say the one, my, my observation about Billy Hamilton, Jack is, um, <clears throat> he kind of looks like, kind of looks like George Costanza <laughs> on his, uh, on his, um, uh, baseball reference. Uh, <laughs> yeah, he does. Jeremy, sure. he, he does look like George Costanza. Um, yeah. just like with the, like the squint that yeah. like Jason Alexander kind of has and like the. This the smile that uh, it's it's like when Jason Alexander in that show like smiles when he doesn't agree with something somebody's saying. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That like pained smile, like mm, yeah, <laughs> totally. It's really funny. Um, so uh, so yeah, that's my um, that's my modern day uh, uh, celebrity comp. <laughs> <laughs> I like it, Jeremy. Uh, yeah, uh, George Costanza, Jason Alexander would play Billy Hamilton in the movie of. Uh, of his life. Um, yeah. All right. Well, this was a this was a pretty uh, pretty fun exercise, Jeremy. Who knows? Maybe maybe sometime we can we can revisit some more guys from the uh, the nineteenth century. Yeah, I see. I sense a part. Hey, Jack, it's gonna be a long it's gonna be a long off season. So I, I definitely sense a part two of nineteenth uh, century <laughs> baseball stars uh, on the horizon. <laughs> all right. Um, well, for Rain Delay Theater, I'm Jack Swakowski. and I'm Jeremy Dionisio. and we'll see you next time. Happy Thanksgiving, folks.